Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, joined by Aaron Keller and Nevada Division of State Lands Administrator, Charlie Donahue. Charlie, thank you for joining us. We're excited to have you for the first time. Happy to be here. And Mike Zarodka, NDOW's Wildlife Staff Specialist, is also joining us. Is it also your first time, Mike? I think this might be your first time on a podcast with us. No, I'm I'm returning. We've talked about Mason Valley before on some previous podcasts. We had Isaac. We did. We did. Well, I apologize. That had to be a while ago. I think you were overdue for another visit to the podcast. Yeah. Well, I remember we did it in person, so that tells you how long ago it was. Exactly. We've been over Zoom, still on Zoom. Aaron, were you going to add to that? No, I was going to say Mike's much more relaxed this time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, we have you guys. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to have both of you. Um, and we were excited to announce both our agencies. A couple months ago, we announced the transfer of more than 23,000 acres of wetlands and pasture, referred to as Carson Lake and Pasture, to the state of Nevada. So it's really exciting. We're excited about it. So Mike, I think I'm just going to go ahead and start off with you. Could you explain one where this is and what, what this transfer was just for people who hadn't seen the news yet? Sure. So the Carson Lake and Pasture is located south of the town of Fallon. It's about nine miles south off of Pasture Road. So you'd mentioned the transfer was just over 23,000 acres. So it's uh, it's now it's one of our largest wildlife management areas given that size. And it's composed of five large wetland units out there, which of course on a year like this, um, they're not all full of water, but it's uh, relatively close to town and receives a lot of, of public use. Um, mostly waterfowl hunting is probably the main activity that's gone on out there. And it was transferred from Bureau of Reclamation and the Bureau of Land Management. Charlie, could you explain how this transfer happened and why it was needed? Sure. So uh, thanks for the question, Ashley. Um, the, the transfer actually happened uh, because it was uh, congressionally uh, designated by Public Law 101-618 back in 1990. Um, and it, it was basically identified as a Bureau of Reclamation held these lands as part of the Newlands Project, Newlands Irrigation Project, and the successful implantation of agriculture out in the Fallon area in Churchill County. Um, these lands were identified as... Um, being, uh, uh, I wouldn't say a non-performing asset, but the Bureau of Reclamation has been in the process of disposing of their lands. And it was, and everybody recognized just how engaged the Department of Wildlife was in managing the wildlife assets associated with uh, Carson Lake and Pasture. So it just made logical sense at the time when there were um, a number of, Newland projects uh, issues going on at that time to have one component transfer this incredible habitat to the state of Nevada for management, wildlife management purposes. 
Got it. So could you explain, I'm interested in so many different agencies were involved in this. So could you explain state lands involvement in it? And then Mike, we might go to you for Endow's involvement after that. Sure. So the Division of State Lands actually is the real estate agent for other state agencies. We acquire and dispose of lands on behalf of other state agencies, and then we assign those lands to managing agencies, in this case, the Department of Wildlife. Um, uh, lands would be working with the Bureau of Reclamation, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Bureau of Land Management as part of this transaction to make sure we've done our due diligence in, as part of that transfer process. An environmental assessment was conducted to identify what might be some of the uh, resource issues with the transfer. There were cultural um, uh, assessments done out on the property to identify if there were any kind of critical uh, cultural issues, and that was in coordination with the State Historic Preservation Office. Um, and then we also worked, um, as I mentioned earlier, a little bit with some of our other partners. Uh, the Nature Conservancy was involved early on, helping the state secure additional water rights through the delivery of water to Carson Lake and Pasture as well as the Carson Sub-Conservancy. Sub so there are a number of different partners, both state, federal, uh, nonprofit, and local have had, always uh, had a, a very keen interest in ensuring that this uh, habitat really flourishes as part of this transfer. Okay, yeah, so a lot of goes into it. There's a lot of coordination. I mean, you listed off all the agencies, and I remember that was part of what was so exciting when we made the announcement just so many different agencies were excited about it and um, they were ready to get the word out there. So it's not just this little transfer that happens. You as state lands put a lot of work into it along with other agencies. I would say, you know, every agency, you know, carried an awful lot of water on this. And there's one entity that I uh, neglected to mention, but that's Truckee Carson Irrigation District. They are a strong partner in terms of the management. Um, and the resource that I'm sure Mike can uh, uh, address in finer detail. And then, yeah, Mike, so as Charlie mentioned, um, we will now be managing it as our 12th wildlife management area, which is pretty exciting. So could you explain Endow's role and just how this will play into our wildlife management program? Sure. So our wildlife management area system, I mean, now uh, has a 12th area with the Carson Lake and Pasture. And, and now totals over 140,000 acres around the state. So what our goal is for these wildlife management areas is to manage them for the, the critical wildlife habitat that they, that they are composed of. This one is waterfowl and, and shorebird habitat because it's one of the largest wetlands in the state. So with that comes you know, public uses such as wildlife viewing, um, hunting, there's not going to be any sport fishing out there really to speak of, but a lot of our other wildlife management areas do contain a sport fish component. So um, given the proximity to, you know, to Fallon and with, with Carson City and Reno not that far away, it, it gets a lot of public use just because it's not that far away. So um, one other thing that, I, that Charlie had mentioned was um, TCID. So part of this transfer um, also, Endow was provided direction um, to, to continue the use of that area as a community pasture. That place had been grazed out there since probably the 1920s by local ranchers. So 
we have entered into a five-year grazing agreement with TCID. And I mean, that's just the first agreement we have. We'll continue that, you know, in perpetuity um, for grazing out there. So that's an important, you know, not only the, the public resource of hunting and fishing, but, you know, the locals also graze out there. So it's also a, a source of income for them as well. Okay, so it's impacting a lot of people. Like you just mentioned, we have the locals who graze out there. It's benefiting wildlife and then just the public in general. So what could people who go out there expect to see? Because we want people visiting, right? It's open now for them to use. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right now the, the, the main use would be for wildlife viewing. I mean, there's, there was a lot of waterfowl and shorebirds that migrated through. It's Given the temperatures that we're seeing now and, and the limited amount of water delivery to the area, it is drying up fairly quick. Um, but there are still, you know, a lot of shorebirds around to be um, to be viewed. And then once we get into September, we'll have dove season starting. So uh, that might be an opportunity out there. Waterfowl hunting starts in October in this uh, northwest zone of the state. And then there's also a, a handful of antelope and deer that use the area. And we're, you know, we're working through the, the process if, if that's something we want to allow on the area, if that's what the public wants, um, we, may, we may allow some of that as well, so. Okay, so plans for the future. Mm-hmm, yeah, that's, uh, that's something we're working on now. There was, back in 2009, the department had started the public scoping process to um, collect you know, input from the public and write a conceptual management plan um, we kind of, that process stalled out, you know, shortly after they had the public meetings, just because we weren't exactly sure when the property would transfer. Now that it has, um, we're working on information now to, to get out to the public, um, to try to receive additional comments um, that may be out there now and, and start putting together our management plan for the area and what, you know, what people can expect and, you know, what are the uses out there and, and, and activities that they can enjoy. So we're hoping to do that, you know, maybe later this month, um, you know, definitely as we get into July, um, we'll have more of a plan in place. And I think that's great for people to know is as we make this plan, they're going to be able to give their input. Um, as you said, there's going to be a public comment period. So mm -hmm. keep an eye out for all that because I'm sure we'll be promoting it as we get there. Ashley, one of the things I was going to uh, mention and and Mike could probably speak to it a little bit more, is that as part of that management plan, the, the, the transfer comes with a, a rather um, unique designation that it's part of the Western Hemisphere. Mike, what's the rest of it? Sure. Designation. It's a long one. I remember yeah. it. From, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good good thing to bring up, Charlie. I appreciate yeah. that. Very good point. Let, let me up. get tongue twisted on all these words. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, it's the Western Hemispheric Shorebird Reserve Network. Um, so this place back in Carson Lake and Pasture back in 1988 was designated as part of that um, reserve network. It also includes the Stillwater National Wildlife Refuge. Um, back in 1988, when Carson Lake was designated, it was only one of 17 sites across North and South America. Now the list includes over 107 sites across 17 countries. So this, what this does is it, it tells us up front that this is critical habitat for migrating shorebirds. So it's a very, very important you know, designation that 
that we, uh, yeah, it, with it comes a lot of responsibility, but we're going to do our best to, you know, to preserve the habitat values out there for the migrating birds. Very cool. And thank you, Charlie, for adding that. That's a huge deal. Um, I think we're going to pause right there. I feel like we could keep going, but I don't want to go too over time. So we'll take a quick break, but we still have a lot to talk about. We will be right back after this break. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today we are talking about the transfer of Carson Lake and Pasture, this wildlife management area, and I was now 12th wildlife management area. We've been pretty excited about this transfer and we have Mike Zorodka, our wildlife spa staff specialist here at Endow joining us and Charlie Donahue with Nevada Division of State Lands joining us. So thanks again for being here. Um, as we were talking about right before we got to the break, we were saying it's open to the public. We want people to head out there. How do they just head out there? <laughs> or is there information they should have before going out there and how do they access it? Lots of questions sure. there, so. Sure, so yeah, you take um, Highway 95 South out of Fallon and you'll get to Pasture Road. So you'll take a left as you're heading south um, on Pasture Road and you'll come to the, uh, the Greenhead Hunting Club Clubhouse as it's called, sitting right off the highway there. There's a big green gate that would be open and that's where you would access the property. Um, there's a series of, of roads and levees that you can drive along um, to view wildlife on the property. There's also two observation towers that have been constructed out there. So you can um, park, climb up on one of the observation towers and view wildlife um, that way as well. So um, one thing with that Greenhead Hunting Club, I mean that, you know, the recognition of this area and the importance for waterfowl and shorebird dates back a long time with the Greenhead Hunting Club. Um, they, they were formed back in the 1912 or some reports that I've heard that there was a, a group of, of, you know, sportsmen of, of the area that saw the importance and the, and the value to the public and they they kind of entered into an agreement with TCID um, for a number of years to manage the hunting out there. Um, and that, you know, now that the property is transferred over to the state, that falls on the Department of Wildlife to manage the hunting. But yeah, it, it goes without saying that the members of the Greenhead Hunting Club have done a great job of taking care of that property and, you know, overseeing it for, for decades going back into the, you know, 19, into the teens, 19. Well, 1912 or whenever it was so yeah and if you think back like in the early 1900s that's a big it takes some forethought to to get to that you know organized group to then build that pro or develop that property and the success it's had all the way i mean for 100 years more than 100 years and in my lifetime it's looked pretty much the same you know like this is a long time ago. There was a big lift to, to make that thing manage the water to to have a globally known wetland in the driest state in 
the United States is a, it's a very big deal. Um, anytime we can put a global, has global importance into a press release, that's, it's huge. So um, it's a big property. It's gonna, it's a, gonna be a big task to keep that thing running successful. And um, when we did some of those public scoping meetings, public input meetings in 2009, there was, there was quite a few things that were pretty unanimous or agreed upon, you know, and one was, you know, obviously like permanent restrooms, um, more observation towers. There's some pretty cool bird tower, there bird towers, but observation towers out there, which people can climb up to and get a really good vantage point of the area, um, both for hunting and for, for bird watching. Um, but then also the road structure is, it's pretty unique. There's a lot of dikes, like cherry stem dikes that are kind of gated off with chain link. And then there's kind of the loop that goes around, but in the winter, if it gets wet out there, it can be, I mean, you have to know what you're doing out there. It can get a little snotty. So um, mm -hmm. that here's this podcast and it's a, it's a wet month. Just be aware that it can get a little Western out there at green or at the new Carson Lake and pasture, you know, so. Um, but it is a cool place. It, I have a soft spot for that property for sure. Mm -hmm. Which is what a lot of people like when they visit a wetlands anyway. That's what they want. But at the same time, just remember to plan ahead for that, what Aaron was saying. Yeah, yeah that would be part of the public scoping process too. I mean, we want to hear from the public as far as you know, where we want restrooms, how many, where we want them located. Yeah. We'd like to build you know, an office out there at some point, have a visitor center um, to, to tie all this stuff together. But it's with that, I mean, we got to start the planning process now and, and secure funding to get there. So um, just, you know, in with the history of the Greenhead Hunting Club, you know, the Department of Wildlife, we've had a full-time technician out there for just over 20 years. Um, you know, that person is out there every day working on roads, spraying weeds, fixing fence. Um, you know, and part of that too is managing water. The Department of Wildlife has, has purchased a substantial amount of, of water for that property. So um, that's uh, some of the responsibilities that our full-time staff have been doing out there for, for the last 20 some years as well. All right, I was just gonna build on some of Mike's comments. Yeah. I think that, yeah. that I think, and, and as well as yours, Aaron, and just, I just look at that property and, and it also begs for, um, uh, uh, different access points um, that could, could be developed to get to the different areas that you were talking about, Aaron. And I think with that, with some of the unique, um, you know, hunting that goes on out there for waterfowl and also some of the cultural history, there's a, there's a really ripe opportunity to talk about um, just interpretive uh, elements that you even brought up, Mike, in terms of the, the history of the of the hunting club there, as well as um, just some of the uh, cultural elements as well. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and I think that's gonna be the big, one of the bigger challenges for the Department of Wildlife is to manage that, you know, the public input and how that goes into managing such a big area for everyone. Um, like Mike said, 23,000 acres or more is, it's a huge property. When I explain it to people, when I, when I take them out hunting, they say, well, how big is it? You say, well, see that mountain? It basically goes to there. And see that mountain? It basically goes to there. And then see the highway? It basically goes to there. I mean, that's that's a large chunk of land that 
will be a big job for whoever, you know, whoever takes on that, that position. And uh, yeah, and we've had so many partners helping us with the Greenhead Hunting Club and TCID and, and they'll continue to, to provide us with the assistance that we need, but we're no doubt going to have to increase staff levels out there. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a large area. There's going to be a lot to do. I mean, too much for one employee. So that's also going to be part of our, you know, down the road plans too, is you know, adding on staff. How long? So Mike, um, when you get into, or when you jump into something like this, how, how long do you plan? Like what kind of increments go into a plan like this? Is it 10 year jumps or 20 year jumps or? I mean, yeah, I mean, typically a lot of our conceptual management plans that we have for a number of other wildlife management areas are set up to be reviewed every 10 years. Yeah. So like I said, we, they had, you know, these were employees of the department um, before me, it started this back in 2009. I guess I know Aaron, you were around for those meetings, but um, a lot of the the plan has been done. It needs some editing and some updating, but a lot of that stuff is done. We still want to reach out to the public and, and conduct one or two public scoping meetings. Um, like you had mentioned at those meetings, I think we're going to hear a lot of the same comments. Um, so we already have that information, but there may be some new stuff out there that, that people have thought of as well. Um, like I said, hopefully, hopefully we can get some meetings done in, in July and then hopefully by the end of the year, we may have a draft of a management plan done, but no guarantees there either with, with workload and other, other stuff that comes up. Right, yeah, for sure. How does it feel, Mike and Charlie, both of you have talked about all this work that's gone into it and Mike still a lot of work to come, but um, how does it feel to be here announcing this transfer? We're now talking about it on a podcast and future plans that are gonna go into the management plans. Um, how does this feel to both of you? Mike, you wanna start? Sure, yeah, I'll go first. I, to, I mean, to be honest, uh, I've been with the Department of Wildlife for 20 years and this has always been something, it's been talked about since the day I started. So. I am actually really surprised that it happened within my career. Um, but with that, I'm kind of excited that, yeah, now I get to take on this, you know, this challenge and to do what so many other past employees had started, never finished. You know, now we get to take that next step now that it has officially transferred. It, to me, it was a surprise, but um, that's, that's really something I'm looking forward to dealing with the public and hearing the input and what we can do out there uh, to benefit, you know, the users of that property. So Mike, I'm, I'm just going to build on that a little bit that um, it's my understanding that this transfer got some uh, uh, press front page press of the Reno Gazette journal. And I got an email from um, um, my former administrator, Pam Wilcox, who hired me about 20 years ago. And she was surprised and excited beyond belief because she said uh, she spent a, a, a number, many, many years of her career working towards this with securing the water that's delivered there on behalf of Endow. And I'm, I'm just excited because, you know, I visit, I've only visited out there twice now, but when I, when I do climb up on those observation towers and I, I look out at what Aaron pointed out from that mountain to this mountain, all the way over to the highway. It's just ripe with opportunities um, for Endow in terms of delivery of what your mission is. And it, it's, I think it's pretty exciting for um, the whole state. 
I agree. Very exciting. And we appreciate both of you coming on to talk about it. Is there anything you want to say in this last minute or so before we wrap up? People get out there, check it out. Sure. I, I guess one thing I'd like to say is, you know, just to kind of let you know how big of a step this is for us. The last time that the Department of Wildlife added a property into its wildlife management area system was over 20 years ago when we purchased the Stepco Valley Wildlife Management Area outside of Ely. So this type of stuff doesn't happen very often and I, I'm, I'm glad to be part of it. So that's that was my closing thoughts. It's cool for me too. Like you were quizzing Aaron and I on when the last one was and we didn't even know because it was so long ago. So it's cool for all of us to be a part of this. I appreciate you guys coming on again to talk with us and thank you everyone for listening. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild. again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.